last week of the series, God is with us. And uh, we've been, again, taking a look at the idea of we're so grateful that we don't have a God who's just God out here somewhere watching over us, even though he is, but he's God with us. We don't just have God off in heaven uh, interceding on our behalf, but we got to handle it on our own. No, he's doing that, but he's also working among us and with us. Amen. And so we've been looking at all these different ways that, that God is with us and what that should cause us to do in our everyday life. And so today uh, I want to talk about God with us in birthing the miraculous. Uh, we celebrate Christmas, of course, uh, coming up here shortly. And it's the story of God chose a woman named Mary to literally birth the Savior. Uh, and I believe uh, that it just doesn't end there. We serve a God who still wants to birth the miraculous through us in an everyday kind of life. Uh, now, I know, obviously, there will never be another Jesus birthed. Some of you say amen. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, but, but the miraculous, the signs and wonders, the, the gift to this earth that is the miraculous, God still wants to do in a sign in all of our lives. Amen. And so Mary actually teaches us a few things. I have three points, not, 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 not very long, but I have three really big truths that I believe if we can do these three things that Mary did, it's going to position us to be a people who God does and burst the miraculous through us. Because the truth is this, none of us lie awake at night dreaming of being average. Nobody go, hey, I want to live until my death, just not accomplishing anything, not building anything, not passing anything on. No, what gets us excited is when we think about growth and advancement and what we can hand on and what we can make better. Amen. And so we all actually want to live in miracle territory. We all want to live in seeing the supernatural come and be a part of our life. But there's some things that we need to do in order for God to be able to uh, cooperate and advance and choose us to be the people that he uses. Amen. Now, it's not a performance-oriented thing. It's not like, hey, you got to get it right. you got to be perfect. You gotta... It's not that. That's not how God's grace works. But we are vessels. And in any other vessel, there's alignments you need to make. If I had a picture here and I said, we need to fill this thing up where this thing's going to be a vessel, you would have to align that thing right to be able to catch all that I'm pouring out. Does that make sense? It's the same thing with God. It's like we got to live a way. If we're vessels, we got to live in a way that we're aligned right to get all that God wants to do for us. Amen. So sometimes that takes adjustment. And uh, we have a phrase in our household, and, and, and I was raised hearing this phrase quite often. And uh, it was this terminology uh, that would say things. My parents are over here, and, and so I can tell on them, and then you can make them feel bad. Uh, but my, they, my parents raised me great. I don't have any complaints. I don't want you to think I'm, I'm trying to say anything. But, but they would say, I mean, it was like, hey, we're doing some stuff. And, and it would be like, listen, do we need an attitude adjustment? Because we can handle that. <laughs> Do we need an attitude adjustment? And, uh, you know, and so all those great things you knew, like the truth was coming because it was like, hey, this is it. And I just think, you know, sometimes in our life, we just need those attitude adjustments. You know what I say to my kids all the time? I say, uh, hey, you know, they'll ask to do something or they'll be in a thing. And I'll say, oh, oh we can do that, but we're not going to do it with that attitude. You're, are you with me? And we say that to the kids like, oh, oh I, I fully want to see that through in your life. I absolutely want to see that come together and be a part of your story, but we're not doing it with that kind of attitude. And I think that's what God does. That's how God chooses to use it. He looks down on us, and he's like, I want to see it come through, and I want to see it happen, and I'm God who's with you, and I want to see the miraculous, and I want to do all this. Too. But we're not going to do it with that attitude that we have sometimes. Are you with me? And so Mary really shows us some great things. And again, just three points. We're going to look at these things of Mary where, where heaven literally says to a woman on earth, 
hey, your attitude is right. You've done this thing right. And there's some truth that I believe we can pull from that. Amen? First point, uh, not a point, but just a thought that we need to know is this. Mary, the scripture says, was chosen. An angel comes down to earth and says to Mary, you're blessed, you're highly favored. We're going to read it in a minute. But you got to think about that first concept. Heaven looked down and said, I choose you, which means other people were in the running, which means in our lives, God is looking. We'll read some scripture here in a minute. But from heaven down to our earth, God is looking at us, trying to find somebody that he can choose and use to be that vessel for the miraculous. What I love about Mary's story here is think about it. I would argue in scripture outside of Jesus that Mary is probably the most talked about person in all of the Bible. Because if you think about this weekend right here in Christmas Eve services, how much will her name be told or sung all throughout the earth? Mary from heaven was chosen to be the person who supernaturally birthed the Savior, Jesus. It's incredible. And there's a lot of things about her nature that I believe uh, we should follow. Amen. So as I said before, no one will ever birth Jesus again, but we can give birth to the miraculous. I believe in life that God gives assignments. Do you believe that? Do you believe that heaven chooses to use people and gives them assignments to accomplish the miraculous? Well, then it's important for us to steward that well and be a vessel in a proper way. Luke chapter one, I have all the verses. We won't put them on the screen because I have a lot of reading, but just maybe note these or just uh, listen well while I read. But Luke chapter one, verse 25 says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man who is named Joseph, the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice. So get excited. This is a good thing. God's choosing to use you to do the supernatural. That's an exciting thing. Amen. Many of us, God speaks to us, prompts us, says something to us, and we start automatically going like, oh, no. I got to change this and he's going to make me do this. And the message from heaven when you get chosen by God to be used is rejoice. Highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So just so awesome that heaven comes and says, you know, based on how heaven has looked at you, looked down on you, you're highly favored, favored from heaven. Now, if I can let you in on a little secret, we're all highly favored from heaven. But I just love this here, that the message from heaven is a prophetic one of, I believe in you. Isn't that amazing? But when she saw him, she was troubled, saying, uh, was troubled at his saying and considered what manner this greeting, what manner was this greeting. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Again, saying like you're in a favorable place. I think we need to know that when God chooses you, speaks you, prompts you. That's not something to be afraid of. That's something to get excited about. Rejoice your favor. God's choosing to use you. Amen. Walking out of here, we serve a God, Emmanuel, who's with us. He's choosing you. He's prompting you. He's leading you. He's even rearranging your life. But rejoice about that because you found favor with him. Amen. God is with us and he wants to use us. What an incredible, incredible truth that we can walk out of here at Christmas knowing that the Savior came to earth to save our sins, but now he's participating in our life in a way that he's with us and wants to use us. Amen. Point uh, number one that I want us to know that we saw in Mary's life, the point, first point is this, humility. For us to be chosen vessels, people who God says rejoice, you're highly favored, I'm, I'm choosing you among other people, uh, heaven uses humble people. Amen. 
Humility is a huge part of it. Verse 29, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. The story goes on, we'll read it in a minute, where she says, hey, be it, be it unto me according to your word. Her response is like, whatever heaven wants to do, I'm in. What's interesting about her response is when the angel showed up to her and chose her, she didn't say this, finally, <laughs> finally heaven's using me. Because I've been serving, and I've been serving, right? And I've been going to church, and I've been going to church. I even gave to legacy offering. Finally, heaven, it's about time you chose me. What took you so long that you haven't seen? And we do that in church world, don't we? Heaven calls us into something. We say, it's about time. I don't know why they haven't chose me, and they look at us. Amen. She had humility. When heaven came to her doorstep, she said, be it, be it unto me according to your word, heaven. God, whatever you're speaking, I'm, I'm participating in, not, oh, I've already in advance set my own agenda based on what I think I've earned for myself. She, she the, the virgin in, 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 in her community, everyone spoke, well, all of them, she, she, she probably knew that she was doing it right. And, and she was, but when heaven came to her, there was great humility. And that's how heaven has called us to be. When we're walking God with us, when he's using us to birth the miraculous and the supernatural, when he's using us to be a light in our families at Christmas and throughout the new year and all this stuff, God is looking to walk with humble people. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him not loyal to their own agendas, not loyal to their own opinions, just like heaven searched earth and found Mary favorable and all that, his eyes are still searching this earth, looking to use somebody to birth the supernatural, to do great things. And it says he's looking to find somebody who's loyal to him. As a pastor, I can pat myself on the back and say, look how loyal I am to my church. And that's not right. Are you with me? You could say, look how loyal I am. You could say it to serving your church. And it's the bride of Christ and it's serving unto God. But sometimes we can get our Christian agendas twisted. We can make it about what we want to accomplish instead of being wholly loyal to him. Are you with me? So we have a God. He's searching. He's looking. Just like he looked down on Mary and chose somebody favorable. He's still doing that today. First Peter 5, 5 says this, all of you. So who? All of us, all of you clothe yourself with humility toward who? One another. And then it says this, because God, God opposes the proud and shows favor to the humble. One translation says God resists the proud. I, I can't work with that. He resists the proud, but he gives favor, advancement, open doors for the humble. Amen. So it says, clothe yourself with humility toward one another. It's easy for us when you get around the pastor or the boss or you get around the prophet, you get around the prophet, you get around the person. It's easy for us to walk in humility toward one another. But when it's, you know, toward the big people, the pastor, whoever you, you're, you're putting on a pedestal, whatever you think. But what about the everyday people? Are you walking in humility to the coworker, the spouse? The, are you with me? Are you with me? <laughs> The extended family you're going to go see. Are we walking in humility? Are we clothed in that humility that God has called us to? 
Scripture says that we need to consider humility like clothing. Clothe yourself with humility. We know that we put on clothes for different environments, right? So you say, hey, I'm about to walk into this situation. I need a little bit more of this. Or you walk into this situation, you know, I don't need as much as that. We need to do the same thing in the life scenarios. You may walk into a challenging situation and your mindset needs to be, you know what? I really need to consciously sort of load up, right? I need January humility in this situation because there might be some trigger points in here. There might be some things in here that are going to maybe, you know, that one person is going to say that thing. You know, they're going to do it. They're going to give me that look and then clothe. You got you got to you got to put on humility. You have to consider in your day that humble walk. Breaking it into Christmas, you know, we, we kind of fall into the, you know, we walk into situations and, and we get prideful about things. And we ruin family experiences and we ruin work relationships and we ruin all these things because we walk in with our own pride and our own ways of doing things. We say things like, well, my family doesn't do it like that. <laughs> you get all judgmental at Christmas about how someone's making a stupid turkey, right? You're angry because they, whatever they do, right? Oh, my kids, they would never act like that. You get all prideful about how your kids, right? Can I tell you something? Everybody's kids are messed up. <laughs> no one's doing it right. Oh, did you see the way they decorated? You're walking around Christmas, supposed to be with your family. You're literally in pride, judging everything, right? You see how many little Debbie Christmas tree cakes he's eating? Oh, my God. <laughs> judging everyone. You need to get over yourselves. <laughs> but seriously, clothe yourself in humility. You'd be surprised how much more you might enjoy Christmas gatherings if you walked in humble, willing to serve. Are you with me? Considering others. Here's an interesting idea. Just don't judge everything this year. Try to enjoy some things. James chapter 4 verse 10. It says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Well, here's an interesting question. When are you before the Lord? always. It's, oh, I humble myself when I come to pray. I'm, I'm humbling myself in my time of worship. No, you're before the Lord always. So we humble ourselves in every situation, every environment we walk in. I'm not talking about getting walked on, but I'm talking about you walk into these situations with humility and you walk in and you consider others. And then the scripture says, then what happens? The Lord will be the one who lifts you up. You don't have to compete. You don't have to prove to everyone that you're better. You don't have to show them that you have it all together. Because if you walk in humility and you're humble, God's the one who elevates you. And so in all things, we walk humbly. Amen? Point number two that we saw about Mary is she just had the heart of faith. She had the heart of faith. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The angel shows up, tells this miraculous story, how she's going to birth the supernatural. It's going to be a savior. And her response to it is a faith response. It's let's do it. Be it unto me according to your word. I think that needs to be our response whenever a God prompt shows up or God speaks or, or, or the word shows up in our life. And we say, hey, God, be it unto me. Let's do this thing in faith. But what we actually do is this. We don't say let it be according to your word, we say, uh, let me check it according to how I feel. Let me check it according to how much time I have. Let me check it according to who's involved. The biggest one that we do is, oh, God, you're speaking that, you're saying that, heaven's saying that. Uh, let me check the plan first. What kind of plan do you have? Before I say yes to you, 
before I just follow you out in faith, would you speak to me the perfect plan so that I know I'm not going to fall? And I'll also let you in on this. He never does that. <laughs> he never does that either. So we can't be, oh, no, we got to be faith people. Let's say, according to what you spoke, according to what heaven is saying, that's what I'm saying yes to. Not all of these other factors. They're not my decision makers. Faith is my decision maker. Amen. I thought about it like this. I should be preaching on iPads. I'm so old school with paper up here. We went to a printing company this week. We're changing our printer. And um, I felt like Dunder Mifflin. And then I'm like <laughs> trying to tell them too, like, I, I print on paper. Like, I need paper to preach. And they're like, well, we got this fancy paper. I'm like, oh, I'm going to preach good on that paper. <laughs> that is good. You guys are in for it next year if we get that printer. She said, according to your word, according to your word, let it be according to your word. What's interesting is Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. How do we build our faith? How do we be people who respond in faith? We be people who hear the word. Amen. You know, what's interesting. I would pray for you to do that. If someone came to me and said, hey, I, I, I just want you to pray for me so that I, I can have more faith. I would pray for you. But I would tell you at the same time, faith comes by hearing the word of God. you got to go get a word from God. The Bible tells you that our faith comes by hearing the word. I can't just pray for you to have more faith. That gives us the, the plan about how to walk in faith. It's be a people of his word. we got to be a people of his scripture, and we got to get around ways that you hear the word. The ways that you hear the word is through worship. It's through the word. It's through scripture. It's through all these things. we got to be a people who are about the word if we want to be a people who are about faith. And if we want to be used to do the miraculous and do the supernatural and birth incredible things into our community, we got to be people who have a value placed on God's word. Amen. Mark chapter 9, verse 23 says it like this. Jesus said to him, if you can believe or if you can have faith, all things are possible to him who believes. All you got to do, your only requirement is to be a person who has faith and believes. Because what? All things are possible for those who believe. Amen? I'll close with this. Uh, point number three. We have to be a God-first person. The one thing we see about Mary is she's a kingdom-first person. Her responses weren't, well, hey, this, and we don't have the right house for the nursery, and we don't have this. And it, it wasn't none of her circumstances were major considerations. She had the one that said, hey, heaven, not sure if you know how this works, but I, I haven't been with a man, right? That was her one thing of like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but I haven't participated. Are you with me? And uh, so that was her thing. But the rest of it, she's like, whatever heaven needs to do, I'm about the kingdom. According to your word, I have faith for whatever you're saying is gonna happen. None, none of these other things. So she responds that way. You can read a lot more of it, uh, verse uh, 20 or 31 all the way through 38. But he goes on, he says all of these things. I'm just gonna paraphrase for time's sake. But he shows up and he says, uh, this Jesus is gonna reign over the house of Jacob forever. The kingdom will have no end. And all of the, think about this, she didn't even get to name her own child. Heaven was like, hey, it's gonna be named Jesus. And as a mom, you're like, what? We have a book, we were planning. I pinned some things and now you're telling me, right? No, she was so about the kingdom, all of that stuff was heaven decided. And it's talking about all of these big things that he's going to be. And she says, hey, according to you, heaven, let's do this. Total faith. She believed 
that if you put the kingdom first, everything else gets added unto you. Every single thing else gets added unto you. Oh, well, actually, that's a scripture, right? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else. She understood it. She understood if you put him first, everything else works itself out. Here's the problem that we do. We make decisions a couple ways. We either make choices based on what we want to do or we make choices based on what God wants us to do. That's really kind of how every decision is. It's either I'm, I'm messing this thing up and I'm doing it my own way or I'm fully submitted under the kingdom and I'm letting God do it his way in my life. And God's way is so much better. I shared last week and then I studied it a little bit. I shared uh, the scripture where there's the complaint from Israel and there's all this, God, how are you gonna do this? And I believe it's Isaiah chapter 40. And uh, God looks back and he said, why do you complain, oh Jacob? Like, why are you complaining? Why are you acting like God can't handle this? Do you not know that I put all the stars into place? I put all these things into place. Also, I'm a God who doesn't forget things. I don't stumble. I don't get weary. Like everything I'm handling. And you think your problem is like a big deal, right? So I started to look at stars. I was just like considering that whole verse. And here's what's interesting. Earth is a pretty big deal. Like we cover a lot of ground here on earth, uh, cover a lot of ground. Uh, I heard a story of some runners who ran a little too far uh, in their cross training because the earth is just bigger than they thought. They needed a ride home. They like fatigued themselves. Might've been my wife, so ask her about it. And uh, the earth is really big. It's really big. And if you've ever flown or you've ever drove really far distance, you're just like, man, earth is so huge. And then if you've ever gone off country and you realize how long you've been on a plane at such a high speed, you're like, earth is amazing. But here's the deal with the sun. You can put 1.3 million earths inside the sun. Holy cow. You're talking about God who puts all this stuff in motion. Like earth is a big deal that God makes earth happen. But earth's not a big deal. Earth's not a really, there's 1.3 million earth's size in the sun. So you're like, holy cow, God is doing amazing things. He can handle some really big things. So the sun is pretty incredible, but look at this picture. I brought this of galaxies, whatever they are, I'm not smart enough. Do you see the sun? See that tiny little sun that could fit 1.3 million earths? Look at all the other things that are out there. Like God's pretty good at handling some things. Amen. You can take that away. But think about that. The scripture says, and, and scientists and whoever else is involved, believe that the earth is continually, even now, expanding, always advancing, always growing, always expanding. Because we know God goes from glory to glory. He's always growing, always expanding. All of those things he's handling, all those kinds of things. Why do we think we're better in charge? Heaven speaks to us and we're like, I'll handle this, God. I can do a few things. And then you spend all day going and be like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm so busy, right? He's like, look what I can do. That's crazy. When you think about all the things he puts in place and handles, I would say this year, God with us, why don't we just let God do some things this year? Why don't we just let him handle things? He's probably better at it. Amen?